1: Hey, everybody. It's an open forum Wednesday. It is so great to have you on board. The NBA schedule is out. And uh, I I say this every year. You play 41 at home and 41 on the road. But let me ask you this. The Kings and the Golden State Warriors are in the same division, right? They play three times between Sunday, October 23rd, and Sunday, November 13th. Why the hell are you playing a team that you play four times? Why are you playing them three times in less than a month? How stupid is that? The 23rd at Golden State, the 7th of November at Golden State, home on the 13th against Golden State. How freaking stupid is that? Seriously. I mean, it's just absurd. The Kings played Miami twice in a span of a couple of days here. When I say here, Sacramento on October 29th at Miami, November 2nd. But you're playing the Warriors three times between the start of the season and November 13th. Again, it's just ridiculous. Asinine. Makes absolutely no sense uh, at all. So if you want to talk about the NBA schedule Uh, We can certainly do it. The King's longest trip of the year begins on the 28th in Minnesota. They stay in Minnesota for two games. So it's Minnesota on the 28th, the 30th at Minnesota, the first at San Antonio, the third at Indiana, the fifth at New Orleans, the sixth at Houston, and the eighth at Houston. All right. The other road trips, certainly not as long as that, but in March on the 15th at Chicago, the next night at Brooklyn two nights later at Washington, and then you stop on the way home to take on the Jazz on the 20th. Now, if you're thinking about, well, gee, you're going to be in contention for a playoff spot come April, why don't we just start with the end of March? At Portland on the 29th, at Portland on the 31st, San Antonio at home on the 2nd, then at New Orleans on the 4th, at Dallas on the 5th. Home Golden State on the 7th, at Denver on the 9th. So there you have it. Those are some of the highlights of your NBA schedule. All right, what do you want to talk about today? It is an open form Wednesday, all right? You raise your hand, you hit your hand icon, uh, and we will put you right on. Had an interesting show today on No Filter Network with Sean Soundsbury. We talked a lot of NFL football. We talked a lot of quarterback play. want to get in on that conversation again you hit your hand icon lebron james a two-year 97 million dollar deal with the lakers 97 million also a player option by the way you know you got to have a player option right so a player option in the third year but um you know again you know he as a player he deserves it there's no question about that so You know, again, a two-year, $97 million deal. So we've got that. Uh, We talked about Aaron Rodgers calling out the young wide receivers. They had a meeting today with the coaches and everyone else. So, uh, you know, again, um, I, I don't make too much out of that. But, you know, we're looking for news. It's August. And we're not yet into college football. We only have preseason in the National Football League. So we're looking for uh, some stories. I mean, that's all good. It is all good. But again, LeBron James, 97 point. I don't want to forget the point one. 97.1 million dollar deal with the Lakers. By the way, I didn't go over opening night in the uh, NBA. So Philadelphia. All right. Now, by the way, the season opens on October 18th. The Sixers and the Celtics will play uh, the Lakers and the Warriors at the Chase Center, where they will be getting their uh, championship rings. And the Knicks, for some reason, are like on ESPN on opening night, taking on Memphis and Dallas and Phoenix. Yeah, I don't get the Knicks being on all the time. They're on Christmas. They're on opening night. I mean, it's unbelievable. The freaking Knicks. I, I, I don't understand that. I really don't. All right, open forum Wednesday, so you can get on and we can get going. All right, let's get to Jeff. Hello, Jeff. You'll start us off here on a Wednesday.
2: Hi, Grant. How are you today? How are you, sir? I'm doing Okay. I don't know, you know, I've been hit and miss with you last several days because we're, we're buying that ranch I told you about. And finally, yep. we're getting it close today. But did you cover the Fernando Tatis uh, deal?
1: What, what deal?
2: The one he got, well, getting suspended for the substance, like the steroids. Uh, yeah. 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 We
1: talked about it a couple of days ago. You're talking about the 80-game suspension. Yes.
2: Right, well, anyways, I read today his father uh, made a comment that I guess he got a fungus from a haircut and he sprayed something on his head. Come on, <laughs> Jesus I mean, I mean, what these millions and millions and millions of dollars these guys make. I mean uh, he, w- wouldn't you think they'd be a little bit more careful? Yes, uh, every
1: athlete in professional sports understands. That they don't put anything unknown on their body or in their body without first speaking to the staff, uh, the medical staff of their team. Every athlete knows that. Every athlete.
2: Yeah. First, I heard it was ringworm. Then it was a fungus on his head. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. You know. I mean, when it comes to this steroid stuff, I I don't I don't know what to believe.
1: Believe that he won't be on the field for eighty games. That's what you should believe in.
2: Well, I believe, yeah, I believe that. And That's all loss of pay, correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. That's without pay. That is absolutely correct.
2: Wow, that's got to cost him some change.
1: Well, it's you know, it's his stupidity, right? So yeah, I mean, no one's gonna feel sorry for Fernando Tatis, that's for sure.
2: Oh, I, or, I, you know, I, I, I'm oh, not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not feeling sorry for him a bit. But anyway, that's that's all. You know, I just don't. You know, like I said, from these guys that drive drunk or. They're high, and these guys, I mean, it's just me, I can't hardly rub two nickels together, you know sometimes, and these guys, all these multimillionaire billionaires making 40, 50 million a year, 30, 25 million, they're just not careful. I just don't They just I don't know the capacity of what they're thinking about uh, That would
1: be two of us. Uh, some of the things that we talk about on a daily basis here with the amount of money that our athletes are being paid today. And then when they do something like this, that costs them half of their salary for a year, it leaves you scratching your head. That's very true. It leaves you scratching your head. I'm right with you on that. Uh, I, 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 But yet, you know what? There will be another story uh, tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Well, well, there will be, you know, the news cycle goes very quickly and tomorrow we'll be talking about someone else. So I appreciate it
2: yeah well anyways one more thing i mean i don't yeah. know i i you've talked to you've probably talked about this before but two guys pete rose and barry bonds which one belongs in the hall of fame if you thought or are you for them not being in the hall I, of fame?
1: i i i don't really care i don't really think about these things I, it doesn't matter to me okay. whether they're in the hall of fame or not do i think they're hall of fame players yes i do uh do i think they should be in the hall of fame mm. I'm not really sure. I mean, I I know I just contradicted myself. Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame because he lied about his gambling on baseball. Had he not lied for year after year after year after year after year after year after year, I believe that Pete would be in the Hall of Fame, even though there is a notice on every clubhouse. In Major League Baseball, that talks about the ramifications of gambling. All right. So it's not like you didn't know. It's on every single door to the clubhouse in Major League Baseball. You know, as far as Bonds goes, you know, is he a Hall of Fame baseball player? Yes, he is. He's a Hall of Famer. Should he be in? Again, unless there is a rule against players from that era going into the Hall of Fame, which we know there aren't, then he should be in the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Fame player. Did he cheat? Yeah, he cheated. Uh, but so did everyone in that era. And, and many others that we don't even know that cheated. So do I think that sure. if, you ask me, if you ask me of the two, who do I think should be in the Hall of Fame, I would say Bonds deserves to be in more than Rose.
2: Right, right. Well, speaking of that, though, I mean, gambling is an addiction. And so, I mean, somewhat so, similar to alcoholism and drug use and i mean they have programs if a guy has you know has a drug problem they put him in rehab and he can continue to play you know and if he can get What about a problem it, with they, lying? But, what about what about a problem with lying? Yeah. Where do you go for that? Well, i i know what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean agree. both 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 I Bonds agree. and Think Rose
1: Pete, both uh, you know Pete Rose uh, lied for decades. Bonds lied. I mean, but you know, so right. like in in Pete Rose's Bonds, case, he, he go ahead.
2: Bonds never failed a test.
1: Really? Okay, gotcha. All right, that's good to know. Here's know, the deal. Do you think, do you, know, think Bonds, I, do you think Barry Bonds I, do you think Barry Bonds took steroids or not?
2: Well, th- there's no explanation of how his head and his body it's exploded, other than you know I Thank know you. what you're saying, but I mean he he never did, you know, and what he it's such an obstruct you know, deal, I mean, what pisses me off the most, pisses me off the most, is Major League Baseball knew what was going on, they soaked up millions and millions of dollars of revenue with TV attendance, with the McGuire-Sosa thing, Bonds thing, they looked the other way, then when they got called on the carpet, and all of a sudden, oh, there's something wrong, you know what I mean?
1: And Bud Seelig was the commissioner, and Bud Seelig has been worshipped, and yet Bud Seelig knew what was going on and did absolutely nothing about it.
2: Horrendous. Yeah.
1: Thank you, man. All right, Appreciate the phone call. Take care.
2: Right on. Bye.
1: You know, another story, you know, I get on players on the field in the National Football League for their stupidity, like Alvin Kamara and Deshaun Watson. So you got – now, Akib Talib. okay, I'm sure you've heard this story. His brother, uh, Yaqub, turned himself in and has been charged with murder, all right? And Talib, Akib Talib, who, by the way, was just hired to be on the Thursday night Amazon NFL package after spending two years with Fox. He might even still be doing Fox. I didn't even look. But the video shows that he was right in the middle of a fight. As a matter of fact, there are those that say to Tlaib started the brawl. You know why? Because they say he was upset about the referees. How about that? Huh? He and his brother jointly coach a youth team in the Dallas, Texas area. Okay? Now, two days ago, or Yaqub, or I, Yakub, I, I forgive me if I'm mispronouncing his name wrong. The brother of Akib turned himself in after a murder warrant was issued for his arrest. This incident occurred on Saturday. What happened? Mike Hickman, all right, 43 years old was shot multiple times, multiple times, okay? The altercation got physical. Several witnesses say Akib Talib started the brawl, threw the first punches, and then his brother pulled out a firearm allegedly and shot Mr. Hickman multiple times. Then what happened? He fled the scene in an unidentified vehicle, taking the firearm with him. Who was Hickman? He was the coach of the other team. Right? Think about that for a minute. Akeeb Talib's lawyer said this: My client was present when this unfortunate incident occurred and is very distraught and devastated over this terrible loss of life. He would like to convey his condolences to the family of the victim and to everyone who witnessed this unfortunate tragedy. By the way, if you wanna just spend a few to- a few minutes doing a little research, go look at the incidents that former NFL player Akib Tlaib has been involved with, okay? And again, he has been accused of starting this fight before the fatal shooting. Now, again, I don't know if that makes him an accessory to murder. I doubt it. But what I am saying is this is the individual that you'll be seeing right now on your Thursday night football package. Hmm? There you go. His brother probably will not be seen on Thursday night football packers because he'll probably be in prison for the rest of his life based on witnesses accounts and based on the video. Again a youth a youth football coach fatally shot that allegedly you're former NFL player, Akib Tlaib, started. How about that? A youth football game, and Tlaib was upset at the referees. Great hire, Amazon. Great hire, National Football League. That's great. That's a guy that you want to watch when you turn on the Thursday night package. You can't make that up. Tlaib's no stranger to guns. He was shot at a strip club in 2016 when he was a member of the Broncos. He's also had many other misgivings, but you can spend some time yourself and you can go over it. How about that? Seriously. How about that? So maybe, just maybe, you know, if we can get Alvin Kamara, who's been charged with felony battery, to put a "Stop Hate" decal on the back of his helmet, and maybe we can get Akeem Talib, whenever he's out in public, assuming that he will be out in public, maybe he can wear a "Stop Hate" hat or something of that magnitude. What a bunch of nonsense! the National Football League is with their ridiculous, absurd messaging on the back of their helmets. Really? What a joke. What an absolute freaking joke. A joke. All right, so I want to get that in uh, as well. It goes under the category as, well, I'm not surprised. Do you get surprised anymore with these things? When these stories come out, do you even go, wow, or do you just say, well, yeah, you know, just another story another day, right? I I don't get it. I really don't, but I do know that it happens all the time. And there will be somebody else I'll be talking about tomorrow or the next day or on Monday or Tuesday. Hey, Ryan, how are you today?
3: Doing great. How about you, Grant? I'm good, buddy. What's up? Not much. Uh, Yeah, I don't get it either, but it it brought up an interesting question to me. When was the last time outside of something that happened on the ice that you heard about an NHL player getting into these type of situations or this type of trouble?
1: Doesn't happen a lot. I do know that. Um, And off the top of my head, I can't name the last incident off the ice with a National Hockey League player. I, I can't.
3: Well, they, they keep it pretty clean, so I, I, I don't understand why the other sports leagues, NFL, NBA, cannot you know, keep things in line. You were talking about players having all the money in the world, and we were talking about MLB and Tatis. Like, are you kidding me? If, if you can have a group of 10 people around you managing numerous things, I, I can't remember the last time I got a haircut and got a fungus
1: um ever i can't either you know I, it's been a while but you know uh, if you're able to come up with the money um you can shave my head and you can see if i have a fungus on my head that would be a way <laughs> we could do that <laughs> you know what i'm saying but oh yeah. wait hey, so now hey. we're
3: at a hair or we're at shaving our head and a fungus you're good with that for well, ten
1: grand? I, no 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 I, I i'm hoping that once my head gets gets shaved if we can raise the money then you could see if I happen to have a fungus on my scalp, then maybe, you know, I would have to really do something about that. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what I was thinking about this. We were having fun, and I actually had someone reach out to social media today and ask me about that. And I was thinking, well, you know, we're probably not going to do this, but I'll tell you what I will do. If if I'm going to be in – Okay, but here's the deal. Here's what I'll do. If we're in – I'm going to be in Sacramento next month, Okay. I was thinking, since I'm, and again, I'm not trying to be self-serving here, but I'm being honest. I do this show for free. I've been doing this show. I don't get paid a dime for doing this show. All right, I do it. I enjoy talking with everyone, but I wouldn't mind getting paid a little bit. So if we're able to raise money, okay, I would say if we can raise uh, a significant amount of money, I will donate, okay, I will donate 50% of the proceeds to whoever makes the highest donations charity. So let's say somebody puts in X number of dollars and it's the most in terms of a donation to me, then I will take 50% of the net proceeds or the gross proceeds, not net. I will take 50% of the proceeds and then I will contact that individual and I will say, okay, what charity would you like us to donate this money to? How does that sound?
3: I love it. I think it's great that that's big of you and trust me we're coming up with it i, I have not okay. stopped working on that so good. Uh, get ready to be okay. bald uh, is the wife going to be okay with that
1: yes it's already been discussed and uh, absolutely so yeah we're all good in the napier household we're all good <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, man. Uh, well, are, are you going to stay bald? Are you going to you going to go all the way? And keep well, I don't know. We'll see how it looks. You know,
1: I have, the, the last time I was bald or, or basically when I was a kid, I used to have a crew cut every single year. But, you know, I would say I haven't been a kid in quite a while. And uh, I have a face made for radio. I don't know what I'm going to look like, you know, Paul. But if we <laughs> listen, if you're able to raise the money and we get our listeners to also add into the pot then I will donate 50% of what our listeners donate uh, to the charity of whoever the highest donator's choice is. How's that sound? That sounds good, right?
3: That sounds great. Um, it's going to go up tonight then. Okay. (laughs) Just say, don't buy any more, don't buy any more shampoo. You're not going to need it. No,
1: no, I'm not. I'll tell you what I'll do too. Uh, I'll let my hair grow out a little bit. I won't get a haircut for a while. And that way when I get there, you know, it will be a significant cut. How does that sound?
3: Fair enough. Let's do it. Fair enough. I will yep. keep everybody apprised on where we are at, and uh, okay. anybody that is listening right now, Grant, not trying to do a plug, hit me up, Rhino underscore in underscore sack town, and I will send out the link to you. So uh, yes, everybody and if you put if you put it, out, if, you put it if you,
1: if you put it out on social media, I'll retweet it. Okay and then you need to figure out cuz i i can't i'm not you need to figure out a uh, a safe way for people to make a donation online knowing full well that it's for charity and it's also for me so 50%s going to me 50% of their donation will go to charity you know in other words we want it to be legit we don't want to feel like we're taking anybody's money unfairly or whatever we want to be you know up and up with this and then again on that day that i get my head shaved Um, I will find out who made the largest donation and I will take 50% of the proceeds. I will contact that individual and uh, we'll donate it to their charity of their choice. We'll even do this in a public place so people can come down and watch. And then maybe when people are there, they can make a donation too.
3: I I love it, Grant. And uh, you got to also probably live stream it as well. So I I, I would love to have that on video. Yeah. So, okay. You know, we'll do it. Yep. Okay. You know what, Grant, if we get here, I'm going to match you and not that I matter like you do, but if we get to 10 grand, I will shave my head too.
1: Okay. Fair enough. We'll do it together.
3: Perfect. I like that. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, I, it's open forum Wednesday. You always know that I come in with some type of fun little game or, you know, little gimmick. And so, my gimmick today is I'm going to give you some numbers, jersey numbers from Kings players that have been retired or the jerseys have been retired. I want to see how good your knowledge is. So, I'm going to hit you number one. Who is that? Uh, I don't know.
1: Starts with an A, (laughs) ends with a. You know what? Archibald <laughs> tiny Nate Archibald. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. That a boy. Yeah. That you know what's funny? Okay. I'm going gonna I'm gonna... to stop. stop you real quick. I have never considered a player who never played in Sacramento, a Sacramento King. I've never, I've never considered a uh, Oscar Robertson, a Sacramento King. I've never considered Nate Archibald a Sacramento King. I've never done that. I've never considered a player that does not play for a franchise, part of that franchise. I know it's on the history. I know it's part of it, but me personally, I've never, ever considered that. Never.
3: Well, it would have been the Rochester Kings,
1: correct? Yeah. Well, the Rochester Royals, but, uh, but no, Tiny Archibald played after that. I mean, you have, the Cincinnati Royals you have the Kansas City Kings right so no i've never i've sure. never considered those players like like Oscar Robertson there's the Kings have the annual Oscar Robertson triple double award i've always thought that was silly Oscar Robertson never played in Sacramento i mean so like why are we having uh, Oscar Robertson why don't you have actually played in Sacramento meaning a player from 1985 on Oscar Robertson never played in Sacramento. You think Oscar Robertson cares about Sacramento? I mean, come on, give me a freaking break here, would you please?
3: <laughs> no, I hear you. I, I I totally hear you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a softball. How about number two?
1: Well, Mitch Richmond, obviously, yes.
3: Of course, The Rock. What's your best rock memory?
1: Probably the Seattle playoff series against Gary Payton. Uh, in 1996, but anytime he went up against Michael Jordan, those were epic matchups. So, whenever oh, the Kings were playing the Bulls, Mitch against Michael Jordan was must see TV. I,
3: I remember. So, it's really funny because that was the hardest ticket in Sacramento when Jordan was playing with the Bulls. And mm-hmm. the day up, my mom calls me and she goes, Hey, we have two tickets to the game. And we were up in the second level of Arco and just even being in Michael's presence and seeing the way that Mitch played him. He played him right. so well. It, yep. it was amazing. just uh, Yeah, it was amazing. And, you know, Mitch, he carried the team. Obviously, they weren't great, but seeing him being able to elevate his game to go to that level with somebody like Michael, specifically on the defensive end, uh, it, it was awesome. Okay, I'm going to give you one more because I don't want to take up too much time, but I want your thoughts and your memories on this. Number six.
1: Well, the sixth man, uh, which has been, and now Bill Russell's number six, obviously has been retired, but, you know, the sixth man to me was synonymous with Arco Arena. I mean, I just think over that span, there was no greater fan base over the number of years than we had at Arco Arena. And the sixth man was a tribute to the fans. It was real. It wasn't manufactured. And I thought it was a great tribute for the Sacramento Kings because their crowds over all of those horrible years, their fans were there night in, night out. So yeah, the sixth man to me, number six, that means a lot. But now obviously, you know, with Bill Russell's number six being retired across the NBA, that also uh, will be part of the arena.
3: That's a great insight about Bill. I didn't think about that. I was thinking about the six fans strictly. Um, You know, Grant, when you traveled across the country and you went to different arenas, was there anything like the atmosphere you experienced at Arco throughout the rest of the NBA?
1: Yeah, Chicago and the old Chicago Stadium. Uh, The atmosphere was unbelievable. When Ray Clay uh, introduced the starting lineups for the Chicago Bulls, at that old Chicago stadium, it was the only venue in the entire NBA where I would take my headset off and I would sit there and I would look around in the dark arena and I'd look up at the scoreboard with the Bulls running through the animation of the Bulls running through the streets of Chicago into the Chicago stadium. And then Ray Clay at the end, and now I'm from North Carolina. Uh, it gave me chills. And I used to absolutely sit there courtside with my headset in my hand, looking around, and I used to tell myself, I am so lucky and so blessed to be doing this for a living. I actually would tell myself that as I was watching the Bulls starting lineups. It gave me chills. There was nothing like it in the entire NBA.
3: Well, I think a lot of us feel that way, too, thinking about that starting lineup, you know, the dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun, like you're talking about. Yep. Um, it, it was It was bone-chilling. For sure. Especially it you know, was. Michael Jordan. He, he, he wasn't over animated. It, it was just nope. real and straightforward. And so, TV didn't um, do that justice,
1: by the way, TV did not do that justice. When you sat there at the old Chicago stadium, which was an incredible building. I was, the first thing I used to do every year when the NBA schedule came out, I used to see when the Kings were playing in Chicago and whether we had a night off, And if we had a night off the night before, I would quickly look to see if the Blackhawks were playing. And I would go to the hockey game every single time I was in Chicago if the Blackhawks were playing. And I always used to hope that it was a Canadian team so I could hear the Canadian National Anthem because the old organ and the vocalist at the Chicago Blackhawks games was one of the most amazing spectacles I've ever witnessed any arena, anywhere that I've ever been. And it was such a treat. To be at the Blackhawks game, I used to be able to go to the auxiliary – well, not even auxiliary. I used to be able to go to the press box behind one of the goals and sit up there and watch the Blackhawks play. And it was amazing. There was a, It was funny. I'll never forget this. I didn't have a ticket, but I would go through what they call door three-and-a-half or a window three-and-a-half. And that was the media entrance or everything else. And the you people through a window. Worked, yeah. Pretty much. At that time in my life, I could. Um, but I'll tell you, all I, did, all I did is I would show my Kings press pass, and they would look at me like, come on, go ahead. They never stopped me. They were all cool, you know, all the people that worked there. And that's how I got into the Blackhawks games with my basketball press pass. But I will tell you truly, of all of the experiences I ever had covering the NBA, being at Chicago Stadium, not the United Center, the old Chicago Stadium for right. a Blackhawks game, it was absolutely epic, incredible.
3: What what is it about hockey in person? I have personally not seen a game in person. You can tell the intensity on TV, but I, I don't have appreciation for how big those guys are and what they're doing on skates. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just crazy. a fa-
1: it's a it's a fast moving game. Uh, it's a it's a physical game. Uh, it is a game that has a lot of fluidity to it. There's not a lot of stoppage, so you know it's a pretty constant action. It is just a fun, fun, fun sport. I've watched hockey ever since, uh, I don't know, I was three years old, four years old at Madison Square Garden. I mean, boom, boom, Jeffrey. was one of my favorite players of all time. I used to love going to the Ranger games, and that was back when they had the original six, so only six teams in the National Hockey League, and I saw some of the great players ever to play in the NHL. So I I don't know. I just grew up with it. I think, to me personally, if you told me that I could only watch one postseason it would always be the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think it blows away the NBA playoffs. I don't even think it's close. Personally, uh, if the NBA is head-to-head with the NHL playoffs, I'm always watching the National Hockey League. I think it's a superior game. I think it's very, uh, I think it's just, there's nothing like sudden death in Stanley Cup hockey, particularly in a game seven. Yeah, I love it. I just think it's a phenomenal game. I don't, You know, to each their own. Like, I'm not into soccer. I know a lot of people are crazy about soccer. I've tried to go, i am trying to get into it. It doesn't interest me. It really doesn't. I, it doesn't do much for me. But hockey, I just love it. It's a phenomenal game.
3: Yeah, that makes two of us. Uh, soccer, you know, I'll do the World Cup. But there, there is something. I, I think it's a level above MLB playoffs because, you know, they're, they're longer seasons. And with hockey, the intensity that is there during the playoffs, yep. it's something just to behold. When you go into sudden death where it's like literally, you already know this. The, the next goal wins the game. So yep. um, I agree with you. Here, here's I, something I else that you got to remember.
1: Something the, here's something else. The greatest sporting achievement in the history of this country, and I don't even think it's debatable, was what happened in Lake Placid in 1980 with the miracle on ice. And I it's had two miracle. friends. I had two friends on that team that I went to college with, Mark Wells and Kenny Morrow. Kenny Morrow went from the Olympics right to the New York Islanders from February, and then he won a Stanley Cup a couple of months later, and then would win three more, okay? I had Kenny Morrow on the radio show back in the spring of 2020, talking about all of that and what a phenomenal run that was with the Miracle on Ice. The other player was Mark Wells, who wore number 15. And I used to announce Bowling Green Hockey, so I knew those guys well. But Mark did not go on and play in the NHL after the Olympics. And I was announcing a Bowling Green Hockey game at BG, and Mark Wells was in attendance. Now, you got to remember, all of the players from the 1980 Miracle on Ice were national heroes. Mark Wells on the campus of Bowling Green at the Bowling Green Ice Arena, had a police escort. And we interviewed him between the first and second period. And I will never forget Mark Wells walking up the steps to the press box with two sheriff deputies escorting him because he was a national hero. Even though he was at Bowling Green, all of these players had police escorts because they were like Neil Armstrong who had just walked on the moon. The New York ticker tape parade was unbelievable, but I'll never forget that. That was one of the most bone-chilling things for for me because I knew when they beat the Russians on Friday night, the game was not shown live at Lake Placid. It was shown on hmm. tape delay and yet everyone had already known that they beat the russians that particular night and the Mike Ruzioni go ahead goal and i've talked to mike on my radio show numerous times about that moment and about being on that team and we talked a lot about herb brooks and we talked about all of that it was fascinating you got to remember that united states team when they played in the exhibitions leading up to the olympics against the russians It was like a scrimmage for the Russians. It was men against boys. The United States couldn't even compete. They weren't even remotely in any of the exhibition games that they played against the Russians. And yet, when they had to win on the biggest game in the history of this country in Olympic hockey, they were able to defeat the Russians and then, of course, beat Sweden for the gold medal. A lot of people forget beating the Russians was not for the gold medal. All right? And then, you know, when when the United States was trailing after two periods in the gold medal game and Herbrook said, if you lose this game, you will take it to your effing grave. And they went out and they dominated the third period. And obviously they win the gold medal.
3: Yeah, it's I I was not alive to see it live, (laughs) but I certainly watched it. But uh, I can only imagine. I mean, that's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, because it's people you knew and you're seeing Security walking them up, and you know they should be treated that way. Uh, it, it was a team that yeah. was put together that was not, you know, like what we see now. They were all college is, kids. They were all yeah, college exactly. kids. exactly, exactly. So, where do you put the Al Michaels call in terms of all-time calls?
1: Top top five in the history of sportscasting. Maybe one. What? Uh, but but it's 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 clearly top five of all time
3: what would, would be think your most, first? i would think a lot
1: of people uh well i probably would put that first because of the significance of it and the fact that here we are in well first of all a movie was made out of it called Miracle on Ice you know yep. do you believe in miracles um yep i i would say it's probably number 1 i mean think about it they made a freaking movie out of it and here we are in 2022 and even for you who you weren't born you know you i mean it's 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 going to live forever that call so i, I would say you know I, there are a couple of i think the um Uh, the Bobby Thompson home run, you know, with the Giants winning the pennant, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant, is in a top five of all time of great calls. So, you know, it's hard to just narrow down five, but you can't have a discussion without Al Michaels being at least in the top five. If you don't feel that he's top one, okay, I'll go along with that. But he's clearly top five. There's no question about that. No question about it.
3: No doubt. I mean, Grant, there's no way that people – that were not born at that time that are sports fans know about that if it wasn't for that call.
1: Correct. Now, do you think you would have known Kurt Gowdy if he was on the call back then in
3: 1980? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> at I'll least tell you. I'm honest, right?
1: Yes, you are. And I will so, say this, Ryan, and I mean that, and I'm obviously significantly older than you and I've been to the most amazing sporting events and I've been, you know, around the block a couple times, but I don't believe in this country you can find a greater sporting victory slash achievement than the 1980 miracle on ice. Can't do it.
3: I completely agree with you. And you're also talking about social issues too. I mean, that there yes. was more to it than sports at that Correct. point. And so the fact Correct. that the Americans were able to overcome and, do it with not professional hockey players they were college players it's amazing so i'm right there with you brother
1: thank you bud let's raise that money
3: hey yeah um i'm gonna i'm gonna start prepping my hair because i know we're gonna get it so
1: all right sounds good buddy hey i appreciate you and we'll talk to you soon take care
3: sounds good Bye bye. later
1: this show is sponsored by better help stress We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around... Additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. dot slash grant. Always fun when the Ryan can call. Let's get to Waggis. He's next right here on uh, Listen Up on this open forum Wednesday. What's up, buddy?
6: Good, good. How are you, Grant? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Uh, that was a good call. Uh, I always enjoy listening. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of wanted to ask you this, and I've been wanting to ask you this. So, Mitch Richmond was obviously a great player when I first started watching basketball in around '96. I would say. Um, you know, when I was like six, seven years old, you know, obviously he was the only shining light on the Kings, but Kenny Smith made a comment one time that if Michael Jordan was not in the league, Mitch Richmond would have been the best basketball player in the, in the NBA around that time. Is that true in your opinion?
1: Yeah, it could very well be true. I don't know if I would have said he would be the best, but he would be in the absolute discussion. He was the best two way player in my opinion, in the NBA, other than Michael Jordan, Mitch was a great defensive player. He was a great offensive player, six-time all-star. I mean, he he played defense as well as anyone in the league. He played defense as well as Michael Jordan. I mean, they were just both tremendous wow. defensive players. So, yeah, I think that I, I couldn't really debate that with uh, Kenny Smith. Now, you have to understand, in that era, the big man was so dominant during that era of basketball. So you probably wouldn't take a guard other than Michael Jordan and call them the best player in the league you would probably have taken a big man during that era over mitch richmond but in terms of two-way players i don't know if you could name a better two-way player during that era other than michael jordan than mitch richmond
6: and do you think that if mitch richmond had somebody like a good second player like a shack do you think he could be he could have been better than kobe could have had a better career because obviously you're judged by the championships that you win right and I just feel like he was supremely talented.
1: That's a fabulous question. Kobe was so special. Uh, you know, when Mitch was part of Run TMC with, you know, Chris Mullen and Tim Hardaway, if they had kept yep. Mitch instead of making that trade, they may have been the Lakers. That may have been the team that won multiple, multiple uh, championships. And Mitch may have elevated himself into the status of, of kobe bryant mitch was clutch mitch made a lot of game-winning shots mitch was yep. uh, an incredible defensive player an incredible competitor um i don't i don't know if i would say he could have been kobe bryant but he could have been very close okay
6: okay um okay so okay so just just a side question on that if you take the Kings team of two thousand and two, and you need to take Chris Webber out, and you have Mitch Richmond there with Divock and everybody, do you think they have a better chance of winning a championship? Because even yes. though we got so close, okay, okay, so yeah, but I don't yeah, know where you would have played I Mitch you
1: because, like you Robert had, Robert because you had because you had I but but then Mitch would have had to play small forward, and then you had Paycher there. I don't know how you would have put everyone on the floor together because you had Doug Christie. You need a point guard in Mike Bibby. I don't know where you would have played. Mitch. I mean, Mitch would have started over Doug. Mitch was a better player than Doug. Yes. So, I mean, maybe you have Doug come off the bench. Mitch Mitch would have been a starter on that team. But then, you know, who's uh, – yeah, yeah I, I believe they probably would have. Um, you know, say what you want about Chris, but the year that Chris was hurt, where he didn't come back until March 2nd, the Kings had the yes. best record in the NBA when, when Chris came back and he screwed up everything, right? So that yep. team yep. had the best record in the league without Chris Webber. So if you're asking me, if you added Mitch and took away Chris, do I think they would have been better? I do. I do, yes. If you had had Brad Miller with Vladi Divac and Peja Stojakovic, Mike Bibby, and Mitch Richmond in the backcourt with Doug and Bobby Jackson coming off the bench. Yes, that team would have won a championship. Absolutely.
6: Yeah. And and Doug played pretty good defense on Kobe, but I felt like Mitch would have elevated. And And, and also, like, you know, there was times in that series, especially in game four, I felt like, you know, like when the Lakers were making this comeback, I felt like you need a guy like, because, you know, Weber, you, you know, he was just never that guy in the clutch, right? He was just never that guy that you can go to. Like, let's go to right. him, right? I felt like got to. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm going
1: to add one thing to you here. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to add yeah. you one thing because you made a great point. But I, I want to make sure we get to this before you go on. Here's what okay. you have to remember if Mitch was on that team playing against Kobe. Mitch was as good of a defender, if not better, than Doug. But Mitch right. was a far superior offensive player than Doug Kobe would have had to work much harder defensively against Mitch Richmond than he would have against Doug Christie so that could have affected the effectiveness well I guess that's effective and effectiveness probably shouldn't use yeah. those back to back but that that could have affected Kobe's fourth quarter production after having to guard Mitch Richmond most of the game understand
6: you know Grant that is a Man, that's a great point. That's a you, you really just opened up my mind because I never thought it the other way around. Because if somebody's got to work hard on the defensive end, it can affect them on the offensive side. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, thanks for that. As far as switching gears, uh, since it's open for Wednesday, would you ever consider moving back to Sacramento? Because I know you're part of this community for so many years, and
1: I would, uh, I would if the circumstances are right and. I can make a living there. Yes, I would consider it. I would. You're breaking up on me again. Do we still have you? Go ahead.
6: Yeah. Uh, can you-,
1: you know what? I got to put you back in the audience. We, that, you know what? You're, you got a bit, you got a bad connection. If you hit that hand icon again, I'll, I'll put you right back up and we can finish this uh, conversation. Listen, I, I've, been very transparent about how I feel about Sacramento and the fans there and the people there. No matter where I live, no matter what I do, I will always have a special bond with the people in Sacramento. Always. Always. Well, I guess let's see if we can uh, hear you better now. You can finish your thought. Go ahead.
6: Yeah. Just add one last thing. Um, So thanks for answering that, that you will move back. But when you were announcing these games, and I just want to get your perspective, did you ever at times stop and be like, man, there's so many people listening to me right now. Did that ever get to you or, or no? you know, in moments or, okay. No, it,
1: no, but once the game, once the game starts, you are totally unaware of how many people could potentially be listening on the radio or watching the game. Never entered my mind. I don't believe consciously that, I ever thought of the number of people watching a game, particularly at the end of games, 10 seconds left, tied, playoff game. I didn't really – I was concentrating on every single aspect of what I was doing, who was on the floor, what could possibly happen, you know, the clock. So you're not really thinking about that. So, no, I never did.
6: Okay. I'm just curious because – well, I mean, you've done it for so many years, but – I don't know. Sometimes, you know, it's like it's like when, when you're in the public eye. Sometimes you you have that moment. Oh, I don't want to mess up a call. I I I, I guess I'm thinking you know about I'll tell it. You, as you, a you, you point. want to know? Yes, you yeah, want to know the yeah.
1: only time? How many people listen to my show? The Kings were playing the yeah. Jazz in one of the playoff series that they had, and Carl Malone yes. took an inordinate amount of time at the free throw line. And so before yes, the yes. game, I was doing my show right. You'll probably be able to tell the story yep. better than I because your memory's better than mine. But before yep. the game, I was on the radio show and I said, okay, when you're at the game tonight, start counting to 10 as soon as the ball yes. goes into Carl Malone's hands, right? And I swear, Wagon, yes, at the and game, set, yep, 17,317 people in unison started counting 1 to 10. And I got chills yes. as I was announcing <laughs> the game. And at that point, no, I'm serious. That was when I realized. know, I I know, because I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I realized at that point the impact of my radio show and how many people were listening. The fact that everyone started counting at the same time absolutely was the most incredible feeling that I've ever had at a game only because I was like, oh, my God, all these people listen to my show. I mean, it was freaking, it, it freaked me out.
6: It absolutely freaked me out. Yeah, but but you you have to understand. That's when the Kings got good. That was the first night, and that was yes. the first playoff series. Yes, 1999, Game Three, yep. we had destroyed them. Game Four, we were up, and Stockton. Yep. The, you know, he delivered on that. Uh, I believe that was a three. If he doesn't hit that, could you imagine the atmosphere at no. Arco Arena? Because I think the first playoff series that we actually won during that era was in Phoenix, right?
1: Yes, it was. Yes, it was. At Phoenix yes. was a clincher. Yeah, it, yes.
6: Yeah, Phoenix was a clincher, and then I believe we got swept by the Lakers. But then the yes. following year, uh, I believe we played the Jazz, and then we and I remember that game was on UPN, and you were doing it, and uh, we actually won uh, against the Mavericks in Game Five, right? It was like it was like a Monday yep, night game, Game Five, because because uh, yep. yeah, Game Five, and then <laughs> you killed me yeah, Monday and then, night, yep. and <laughs> I know, and and then you had said one thing, right? And I could never forget this because I personally didn't think. And I was talking to my dad, and he's like, oh, these guys can't beat the Lakers. And then you said, around that same time, you said, I don't think anybody in that locker room thinks that they can't beat the Lakers. They can beat the Lakers. <laughs> I remember that. So, and then. <laughs> well, you have yeah, an amazing so it, um,
1: mem- memory. So thank you, buddy.
6: It's always good hearing yeah, from you. Yeah, thank you. All right.
1: I'll tell you right now, have you ever heard anyone that's got a memory like that? You know, even those the freaking day of the week. Against the Mavericks in the game five clincher back 20 freaking years ago. It's unbelievable. All right, let's get to some more phone calls right here on Listen Up. We go north of the border to beautiful Calgary, Alberta, and Bella B. Hello, Bella, how are you?
0: Hello, Grant. I always appreciate you taking my call. Thank you.
1: Can
0: you hear me? I appreciate
1: it. Yes, I hear you great. It, it,
0: It sounds very clear. I just like, I don't want to bring a damper to the show but Ryan brought up hockey players getting in trouble with the law. Yes. And it's not as bad, right? They're not like whatever. I can't even but say there, it
1: But funny. there are there are some and are you going to are you going to pick on the Edmonton Oilers and uh <laughs> no, And Evander no. Kane? Evander okay. Cain. okay. Okay, yes, Evander Kane. I thought no, you were going to go there. I don't
0: like him. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Well, just like a couple of names that someone might remember. Rob Ramage, he was a big name, yeah. captain of the Maple Leafs. Yep. he actually killed one of his best friends drunk driving and that's went to prison yeah he was captain Elise. i can't remember the name of the chicago guy magnuson or something i can't remember i think I keith know. magnuson I, I, I think yeah yes yes and then the one i remember is because it is an oiler um craig mctavish while playing for the sure. boston bruins yes yeah, he was drunk driving ki- killed someone that he served one year in jail and then became gm That's right. of
1: i know he he was so what charged would happen
0: to you or your oh my wife god or i if we oh. if we killed someone come like on what would, we'd like i know we'd be on some reality show right yeah
1: he was convicted he was convicted uh craig mctavish he was convicted of vehicular manslaughter and it was almost like nothing happened to his yeah. life and i'm not saying he didn't have remorse at him but what i'm saying is he got it as was, you said became the general manager of the oilers
0: it was a, like one year in jail and the person that he killed while drunk i mean peter McNabb too who married a canadian or randall what's his name the quarterback is it randall cunningham randall cunningham, peter randall cunningham? Up, sorry yeah yeah that's okay he, killed, he did something too while drunk driving
1: are you talking about Donovan McNabb? or you whoa 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 stop 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 are you talking about Donovan McNabb know. or are you talking about know. Randall Cunningham?
0: I don't know. I think it was Donovan McNabb. All right, we'll so maybe not too bad. But he's still yep. got a DUI. He's still got a yep. DUI. Yep. So I just yep. think if you're I mean, I always I have a son and I always think if he you know call me anytime, do not drive drunk. You could kill yourself, you could kill someone, you could lose your license, you can get kicked out of school. Like it's just so many things. I don't know. Anyway, I just wanted to ask you a couple of ask the pros.
1: I appreciate it, thank you. You can ask me whatever you want, anytime you want.
0: When, thank you. When is this Bonneville charge trial going to trial? Uh, Hopefully, when's that going to trial?
1: Hopefully, hopefully in the near future, uh, when there is an update, I will pass it Mm -hmm. along. We are waiting on a motion to be ruled on by the judge. And so we have to wait for the judge to rule on a particular motion. And once the judge rules, then we can proceed forward. So we're just waiting for the judge in uh, federal district court to make that ruling.
0: Okay. I appreciate that. My last question, and then I'll go. If you and your beautiful wife can move to any country in the world, where would it
1: be? Switzerland. Love, really? We love Switzerland. Is there yes, a we think Swi- oh, okay. Switzerland. Switzerland. Uh, have you ever been there? It's the, one of the most magical, incredible, beautiful no. countries I've ever been to. Um, it's just it, it. It has the mountains, the Alps, obviously. It has the beautiful lake, Lake Geneva. It has Lucerne, Lake Lucerne, and that area. With they. Oh, the people, people are great. Uh,
0: nice people great
1: great yeah. so i would i would switch on how about you let me ask okay. you where would you if you could live anywhere in the awesome. world where are you going to live
4: mm.
0: well i was born in france so i would actually move back to probably paris okay i probably moved to france all right anyway. i
1: love paris well, I'll great, let someone great get great i'm gonna listen to you thank
0: Beautiful. you i'm using data to hear you by the way
1: using well my i data. appreciate that you're awesome Ooh. Thank you. You're, you're the best. <laughs> you're Thank you awesome. very much.
0: Hi, everybody. Happy hump day, all.
1: <laughs> Love that. That's Bella B. from Calgary. How awesome is that? That's great stuff. All right, let's get to Al. Al, good to hear from you on this open forum Wednesday. Hey, Nate, I'm looking at your guy,
7: uh, Morrow. Boy, he had a, you know, he had a, quite a career. Uh, he, he was the first player, you already mentioned this, but he was actually the first player to, uh, to win an Olympic gold medal and then have a, win an NHL championship in one season. That's correct. He was the first player to do it. And he only he had a, he was, his, his career was cut short by knee injuries. But listen to this the guy was tough. I mean, he's in the, uh, the playoffs with the Islanders in 80 and 83. And he's having arthroscopic surgery on his knees. He still plays. Not only yep. is he still playing, he's having fluid drained between games. That's- yep. He's just eventually his knees just couldn't hold up.
1: Wow. He's a tough character, man. Uh, he was very tough. You know, he was a U.S. obviously U S born. Cause he was on the United States team, but he was from Flint, Michigan and met him at Bowling Green. Right. Uh, he was two years uh, ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So I only got a chance to see him play. I want to say for two years at Bowling Green, he was a great, great hockey player, big, tall, rangy defenseman, rarely mm-hmm. made mistakes, uh, yeah, he he was yeah. he was an incredible hockey
5: player.
7: I was saying something like he wasn't like a, a scorer, no. but he was clutch. Like Correct. when the Islanders yes. needed a yes. a clutch goal, he might not have been like, but he was he was there. So he just picked his spots and yep. he, and a he great, was a
1: real contributor to he, those he, teams. He, he, right, he didn't take a slap shot. He had a wrist shot, and he used screens extremely effectively yeah. to score. Most of his goals were on wrist shots with traffic in front. He had a knack of scoring that way. You very, I very rarely would see uh, Ken Morrow take a slap shot. He was a wrist shot type of a guy. And, yeah, he wasn't an offensive defenseman. He was a, defense, a defensive defenseman, and he, he was tremendous for the Islanders. And here's the other deal. They didn't need Kenny Morrow to score in that team. They had Mike Bossy. They had Clark Gillies. They had Dennis Potvin. I mean, Correct. they had a lot of phenomenal offensive players. Kenny's job was to stop the other team, and he did. Yeah, you know, I remember a couple of years back, we we're talking about great calls, and you
7: brought up the Miracle on Ice, and I agree with it, to Al yep. Michaels. I remember you had like a bracket elimination, yep. And you, you, you guys uh, had all that you you rounded up, you, you put together all, what you you guys felt the station felt, and you were the greatest calls, calls, yep. And you guys had a bracket elimination, and yep. for the life of me, I'm trying to remember which call
1: one. Do you remember Al which call yeah, was it? It was Al Michaels, Miracle on Ice one.
7: Yep. Yeah, that was fun stuff, by the way, man. I just loved it. You guys were you know, replaying the calls. Yeah. Down goes Frazier. You, you know, you had, yep. uh, you know, uh, the Giants win the pennant. And that was some fun stuff on that elimination challenge you guys ran. And lastly, I'll just say, you know, Bonds may not have ever tested positive for steroid. And I agree with you. He, he should be in the Hall of Fame, but at the same time, just go back. And he, and he was winning. But go back and watch his highlights when he was like 180 pounds light and and and, and playing ball. And then go look at his later year playoffs. Look at his body. His, oh, yeah. his, <laughs> Come on, man. You know, hey, Al, it's just ridiculous. It's very,
1: it's Yeah, it is. Hey, it's good hearing from you as always. I hope you have a good rest of the day. Thank you. By the way, I all want right, to, buddy, thank you. you I wanted care. to uh, let Bella know and others because she said she's using her data on the app. You can use, you can go to listenapp.co, all right? So you don't have to use your phone. You can also listen to it. I mean, you can use your Wi-Fi, obviously, to listen on, on your phone. But if you go to listenapp.co, you can do the same thing if you go, on the internet, listenapp.co, as you do when downloading it onto your device. Just thought I would throw that out. All right, let's get to Jerry. Jerry, welcome to the program. How are you today?
5: Um, I'm doing hey, Jerry. all right. I'm doing all right. Yeah, hello?
1: Yeah, go ahead, Jerry.
5: Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, let's talk about this King schedule. Um, so yep. basically, I went through it. Uh, no question, first five games are going to be tough. Uh, if we go two and three, I'll be happy with that. Um, I mean, that's just being realistic, right there. Uh, I went through the whole schedule and did a game by game, uh, and I basically tallied up uh, predicting 36 wins, and that's just being generous on my part. Um, okay. Depending on obviously what happens with trades and everything like that, um, which is probably good enough to get the 10th or 11th seed or ninth or 10th seed. But I mean, obviously, it's just one of those things where we're just being realistic, seeing what's happening. Uh, depending on what happens, you know, how Kevin Werder plays, how Keegan Murray obviously fits into the offense and, you know, everything like that. But I don't know like, it's just going to be one of those things where, like, I think there's going to be higher expectations for front management. Uh, Not going to be sure what's going to happen with Monty this season because I think it's kind of unfair just because the expectations Vivek is kind of putting on this franchise where it's like, we have to make playoffs right now, but the Western Conference is really deep and it's, like, really competitive. And also I looked at the back-to-backs, we're tied first for most back-to-backs in the league with 15, so that's another thing. I mean, okay. I, I just don't see the expectations of them making the playoffs, so it's it's, it's kind of a rough thing.
1: I don't think they're going to make the playoffs either. Uh now the one thing when you go over and you have them winning 36 games, obviously we don't have a crystal ball. We can't forecast injuries i mean for instance they play golden state three times in the first three weeks of the season you know if steph curry were to get injured in training camp all of a sudden those games don't look nearly as challenging so you know you can't forecast injuries but the west we do know is deep i think you could see the jazz possibly fall out of the top eight i don't think the lakers are going to miss the playoffs again so i would add them and The Clippers are going to be significantly better with Kawhi Leonard, and they already won 42 games. Minnesota got Rudy Gobert. I don't see them taking a step back. They were the uh, seventh team uh, in the West. And when you look at the top six, other than the Jazz, which I could see sliding, I mean, depending on what happens with Mitchell, I don't know who else is going to drop out of that. I mean, Memphis is not going anywhere. Golden State is the real deal. Dallas without Brunson may slide a little bit, but they're not going to slide out of the eight. You know, to me, San Antonio will not be a top 10 team. I I really don't see that. Phoenix isn't going anywhere. They're going to be an elite team again. You know, so when I'm looking at the West, I don't really, Denver's going to be really good. I, I don't know how the Kings are going to get into the top eight in the West, barring unforeseen injuries. I don't really see it. Yeah,
5: no, definitely. Like I said, it's gonna be a battle for the nine or tenth. Um, I think we're on yep. to par with Portland. Obviously, they got Jeremy Grant. Agreed. Uh, I don't think sh- I don't think Shaden Sharp's gonna make a huge impact this first year. He is gonna be an interesting development player, though. I mean, he is young. He's heard already. about him. Yeah, he no, had I, surgeries. I, I know that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But you know, who,
1: I'll tell that. you. I'll tell you what's a good pickup for them, Jerry. Getting Gary Payton Jr. I think, is a good pickup for Portland. Now that gives you another defensive weapon he's a really good player helped out the warriors you know a lot of a lot of people aren't talking about peyton going to portland too in addition to Jeremy Grant I think Portland got a lot better in the offseason I really do.
5: Yeah and then I mean obviously they're going all in with Damian Lillard as well giving them that huge contract you know yep. money guaranteed. Uh, I I thought they were going to be on the rebuilding path to be honest. I thought they were going to try to move Lillard just because I don't think there's a point in competing with the West. They're not one of the elite teams in the West Um, so kind of like go, I mean, I don't know if it's more of a loyalty thing with Lillard. I mean, I like him as a player, but you know, besides that one year where they went to the Western conference finals, there hasn't really been much going on, but I mean, like I said, I think we're on par with Portland fighting for the nine or 10, which is, I mean, mean, it sucks. That's just the way it is. Like if we're being realistic, I mean, that's, that's just where we're at right now. We're kind of just, I'm just kind of looking more forward to seeing like how the new pieces kind of develop on this team. Uh, especially Keegan Murray. We're going to see like how his first year goes. Going to see what happens with Fox. I'm hoping we so- hopefully move him. I, I mean, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see us like being a great team with Fox. I just don't see that happening. I can understand like if Sabonis, like we're going to have like what this year and next year with him. Going to see what happens with that. Seeing if he wants to resign. If we lose Sabonis, we're screwed. Um, but, you know, obviously can't forecast that and like to see what happens in two years. But I don't know. I like I kind of like what Monty did with, uh, you know, obviously getting harder. Uh Malik Monk has like a little signing there that, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm not saying it's going to make a big impact, though, but, you know, uh, he is a streaky guy. So, I mean, and then obviously him and Fox uh, with their Kentucky days, um, you know, so um, I don't know. Like, we'll see what happens. And I got one more thing before I let you go, since it is uh, uh, Wednesday. So if you don't mind me asking one thing uh i i need one of those grant napier pep talks uh i got a date tonight so i'm gonna need one of your oh boy grant napier pep talks
1: okay so tell me where you wh- what are you where are you going do you know where you're going yet
5: uh we're going for sushi
1: you're going for sushi all right well, how did you meet this uh individual
5: uh off the apps you know how the kids do all right these off the those, uh, okay the apps. well the last time we talk. Correct me if
1: I'm wrong. I might have to bring Wagga in with his unbelievable memory. You showed up late to your date at the Palladio. Is that correct?
5: Yeah, that's correct. But that girl sucked anyway. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. whoa, whoa whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa whoa whoa. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not even going to speak about the girl. All right. I'm going to look at you. All right. You need to be freaking on time, particularly for a first date. There is nothing worse okay, then showing up late, particularly for a first date. So you need to have your ass there early, all right? Because when your date shows up, she wants to know that you are there waiting for her. So that's the first thing you need to do. Then after that, my friend, you are on your own. That's That's the advice I'm giving you. Do not be late like last time. Now, I think within 5 minutes, correct me if I'm wrong here, you pretty much know whether you can hit it off with another individual or not, right? So, I'd completely knew, agree with that. You knew right away at the Palladio that that was not a love connection, correct? Like you knew, right? So, uh, no
5: connection whatsoever.
1: Right. And you knew you knew very early on, correct? Oh yeah. All right. So why put each other through the misery of sitting there through a meal I just think being honest is great. If you know right off the get-go that oh my god, what a mistake I made, just be man enough to say, "Listen, you know what? I'm still okay with buying you dinner, but I can just tell right now this is not going to work. If you would like to, you know, part ways, I'm fine with that, but I will honor my commitment to you to take you out to dinner, but I'm just letting you know from my perspective" this is not going to work for me. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I really don't. Why sit there miserably for it? Why why sit there being miserable for an hour while you try to make small talk when you know damn well there's no chance you're ever going to see that person again?
5: Yeah, I mean, worst comes to worst, we can always split the bill as well, too. I'm not right.
1: Yeah, you can. I mean, I don't know what the protocol is for dating uh, in the world anymore. I'm way beyond that. But yeah, whatever works. But do not, Jerry... Do not show up late. All right. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to call me tomorrow. And let me know how it went. All right?
5: Uh, definitely will. I got to hit the gym right now uh, so I can, you know, get my little pump on and then uh, there you you go. Know, shower. Yeah, up get and, your you pump know, on. Uh, got to feel right. All right, Grant. So I yeah, really you appreciate look good. The, uh, the pep talk. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Good. Looking yeah, good. You're, feeling you're good. got to be good. And make sure you're well hydrated. So uh, I will definitely update you tomorrow. Thank you so much for the pep talk and you have a good day.
1: You too. Take care advice on a open forum Wednesday right here with Grant Napier see a multifaceted. not just sports not just sports all right let's get to some more phone calls and we say hello to Zach on this open forum Wednesday hey Zach what's going on
6: hey I just joined in like 10 minutes ago so I'm not sure if you went over this uh what do you think about that about Harrison Barnes, like, do you think he's going to be there for the full season, or do you think they're going to like let him go after like 50 games by the trade deadline, and then just give uh, Keegan Murray the full green lights?
1: I could see the Kings definitely moving Harrison Barnes at the trade deadline to one of those teams that feels like they just need one more piece to put them over the top. I think Harrison is a tremendous fit on a really good team. And so I could definitely see that scenario unfolding. I think it's a great point by you. I still believe that Keegan is going to start the vast majority of the games this year, but I can see them definitely moving Barnes. No question about that. If there's Maybe. interest, and I believe if he's healthy, there will be interest. It's a good question.
6: Oh, and then uh, also I just want to point this out. Uh, Bleacher Report just came out with their like wins and losses, and they project. I was actually kind of surprised. They project Sacramento win 37 games. I mean, do you think that's <laughs> quite generous?
1: <laughs> it was 30-what? What was the number? 30-what?
6: They, they project Sacramento to win, go 37-45 and 45 this year. Yeah, I don't think they're
1: going to win 37 games. Um, I, I think that's being a little bit too optimistic. I can see them winning between 30 and 35. I can see them going 35. 37 would surprise me in the West. That would surprise me. Same. That's all I got. Okay, bud. Thank you very much. 37 would get you into the 10th spot, you know. So at least I guess you got something to look forward to there if that's the case. Great show today. Phenomenal calls. Really appreciate it. And we will do it again tomorrow at 3 o'clock Pacific. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your support. Grant Napier, saying so long, right here on Listen Now.